This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller, joined today by Kamel King, and uh, we're glad to be back on the air and back in the studio. Kamel, great to see you this morning. Oh, you too. What a treat just to see your smiling face. I know. Kamel and I are like brother and sister. You know, we go too long <laughs> without seeing each other, and, you know, right. we don't miss a beat, but we sure are happy to uh, get a hug in and yep. uh, spend some time together here in the studio. Exactly. I love it like a family reunion. <laughs> it's a family reunion, that's right. Well, uh, we've got a great show today. As always, we're going to be bumping around the state, hearing about uh, events and happenings uh, in every corner of Mississippi. But, Kamel, how are you doing? What have you been up to this week? Oh, it's been good. Just been working, working away at Visit Mississippi. And uh, the last weekend, I took my daughter to the Children's Museum, and I had never taken her there. Wow. And it is amazing. I encourage anybody in the state and throughout the state and around the country. I, I mean, I've been to other children's museums. It's the bomb. Well, I've been only a few times, but I haven't taken my daughter yet. I keep thinking she's still like a, a maybe too small. Yeah. But tell me about what uh, some of the elements you enjoyed. Oh, my God. I mean, there are just so many exhibits. It's very uh, educational, but you're learning while you're having fun and stuff that, I mean, the kids are going to be wore out if you take them there. It's very reasonably cost. Uh, and it's, I think it's about three levels, so you could spend all day there. Beautiful. Well, we went with my niece one time, and I thought she was going to be really into, they have like a, you know, an area that's like a little house where you can kind of play house, and yeah. they have little kitchenettes and this, that, and the other. I said, oh, she's going to love this, but she was really interested in that underground world. It's yeah. like a nature area yep. where you explore Mississippi animals and Mississippi nature, and it's just brilliant. It's really fun for the adults, too. It is. It really was. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I'm, I'm actually stepping out of my comfort zone this weekend, and I'm, I'm headed over to uh, the induction ceremony for the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame. Oh. Now, you know, I'm no Jay White, so I'm not a sports uh, expert, but uh, the great sports writer Rick Cleveland, who is also a friend of mine, is being inducted to the Sports Hall of Fame for his, you know, wonderful writing on sports. So I'm going to go out and, and learn about Mississippi sports. Oh, it's, it's wide and deep, I tell you. It's our other asset that is, I think is, is as important uh, as music. And, uh, you know, it really helped a lot through civil rights. And, I mean, we're competitive uh, nationally all over the place with our sports. Well, I'm excited. So maybe when I come back next week, I'll have some, I don't know, some something insightful about Mississippi sports. Oh, great. Uh, so we're going to try something new on the show today. Uh, Kamel and I are in studio. We're happy to answer questions. So, you know, you can always call at one eight seven seven mpb ring and tell us about events that are happening around your community. But hey, we're, we're going to try something out. If you're more inclined to social media, uh, reach out to me on Twitter at Dear Mary Marg, M-A-R-Y-M-A-R-G. That's Dear Mary Marg. And uh, we'll be happy to offer recommendations or suggestions on how to fill your weekend. So uh, hit us up on Twitter. Give us a call.
call today at 877-MPB-RING, and uh, we're going to have a lot of fun. Uh, so we are going to get the show started right now. We're going to head on over to Clarksdale uh, to hear uh, about a great new play that's coming to the area. Uh, we want to welcome um, Alia Wright as well as Charles Coleman. Uh, welcome to the show. Hey. Great to have great to have you two on the show today. Now, Aaliyah, you are a reporter with Mississippi Today, uh, my new employer, which I'm so excited to have one of our uh, reporters on the show today. And uh, you and Charles have been working for quite some ta- time now on this uh, very innovative project that brings journalism and theater together. Tell us a little bit about this. So, StoryWorks presents Beautiful Agitators, which is the name of our play, um, talks about what well, looks at the civil rights movement in Clarksdale during the 50s and 60s, primarily focusing on the life of Vera Mae Piggy, who was a local civil rights activist during the time and also um, a beauty salon owner. So, some of the things that she did during that time, she held citizenship classes in her shop. She registered over... <sighs> thousands of African-Americans to vote. Um, She held voter registration drives, and she also worked hand-in-hand with uh, Dr. Ann E. Henry, who also was a prominent figure uh, during that time in Clarksdale. Now, I know that often um, the, the the projects that come out of StoryWorks, which is a, a, a partnership or a, I guess you could say a, a special program of the Reveal Center for Investigative Reporting, uh, the StoryWorks projects often come out of, of a journalist story or of investigative reporting in the community. Is that the case with uh, Beautiful Agitators? Not at all. <laughs> so uh, this was um, an original play we started from scratch. Um, we've been working on this for 10 weeks now. And normally, like you mentioned, story work starts with an investigation that's already been completed. But this was definitely a different case. We researched, uh, wrote, um, and, and interviewed people while also uh, writing the script in just 10 weeks. So that, that is what I think makes this uh, project and process a little unique. And to add to that, not only did we do that, but we also had to find our actors and actresses. And we really started our writing and re- our writing process of the script maybe into the third, fourth week into the process. So with only having five to six weeks for actors to learn their lines was uh, a great and tremendous thing. And, and I'm just proud of all the work that we've been putting into this process. Now, is this the first play that you guys have written? And uh, at what moment did you find your muse to even, you know, start compiling this play and, and taking on this massive project? Well, so for the idea for Beautiful Agitators, it, it came about during a, a meeting, a community brainstorm session in April. And one of our playwrights, Nick Houston, came up with the idea to do a story on Vera Mae Piggy. And we all at the table were like, well, I've never heard of them, so <laughs> let's, let's talk about them more and let's dig deep into the issues and the problems that this community has faced over that time. And there are some things and some people that we never knew about in high school, for example. Like in high school, I didn't, I've never heard of Vera Mae Piggy. So it's things like that that I feel like pushes us more to write a play about Vera Mae Piggy and 
the work that she's done. Right. So, uh, you know, maybe it's arguable, but, you know, Aaron Henry is probably the best known civil rights leader from Clarksdale. I see um, online that you you do portray him as part of beautiful agitators. But it's so interesting that you've got this community group that's saying, let's let's talk about the others. There were many players, not just uh, Megra Evers or Martin Luther King. There were many players on the local level in our civil rights movement. Right. Now, uh, you said you guys did a lot of interviews. I imagine there are p- still people living in Clarksdale that knew Vera Mae Piggy. Yes. Um, it was interesting to talk to some of those people just to get their perspectives because they lived through that era and it's also living today. And I think one of the things that struck me was you read all of these things that has happened during the civil rights movement. But when you actually have these face-to-face conversations with these people um, who went through that, you know, during that time period, it's just like, wow, you know, it, it, it changes your perspective about things uh, a little more. It, it, it definitely, um, was delightful, um, to hear those things, um, from the people because we researched all this stuff, you know, before. And like Charles mentioned, we only knew surface level things, um, about the civil rights movement, um, in Clarksdale, but now knowing um, the more in-depth things that happen, uh, for instance, just hearing someone say, like, I was harassed uh, by the local police here, you know, it, it, it just brings a different feel to things. And, like, I was handcuffed or I was dragged or, you know, uh, bringing to life uh, some of those things that they went through uh, was very key in us keeping the play authentic. Now, I, I know the play debuts uh, tonight. Uh, it it's runs Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of this weekend. Uh, but before we get into the details about the, you know, who, what, when, where, I want to talk a little bit about what you're doing post-play. You're hosting these talkbacks that talk about what civic engagement looks like in 2017. Yes. So basically, our talkback after the first act, will basically be a community sit-down, and we'll just have an open discussion not only with the journalists and the researchers and the actors, but also the community members that are now living in Clarksville today. And have things changed? Are they the same? And how do we improve on things? How do we um, talk about more of these difficult issues that... um, Mississippi still faces from time to time. So I I really think that this talk back is a way to really engage everyone. Um, no one's ever um, walked away from anything. We're, we're opening the floor, opening the table to every and any question. Um, so I feel like this is an important um, factor. And also just to add to that, um, we're creating a curriculum from the research um, that we've done from the play to help kind of further educate young people about not only Vera's story, but also the history of civil rights in the Delta. And, you know, with me being a reporter with Mississippi Today, I can continue to follow these conversations. Well, I'm so glad to hear about that curriculum and that long tail that this project will have. Uh, tell our listeners where they can go to reserve tickets for the performances, all of the details about how to get involved. So if you would like to see um, a performance, you can go to Eventbrite, um, and the tickets are there. It's free. It's free, and it's free. Great. <laughs> um, but currently, um, 
tonight our show is sold out, and on Sunday our oh, show is great. sold out. But we still have tickets available for Saturday. However, if you would still like to come, you're more than welcome. Um, it would just be standing space. Yeah, sure. so that's all they have to do is go on Eventbrite, type in Beautiful Agitators, reserve, select the date, and reserve their free ticket. And once they arrive at Crossroads Culture Arts Center, they'll just walk in and pretty much give their name, and they have the ticket, and we'd be ready for the show. Well, that's great. Yeah. Well, Charles, Aaliyah, we appreciate you guys, your work, and, and you making time to be on the show this morning. If you can't join in, you can follow this story at hashtag StoryWorksMS on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're going to take a quick break and come back to hear about bikes, blues, and bayous in Greenwood. Uh, that's here on MPB Think Radio. Call in and tell us about what's happening in your community. 877-MPB-RING. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller here with my good buddy, Kamel King. As we promised, we're going to head on over to Greenwood to speak with Danielle Morgan. She's one of our regular guests. There's always oh, good yeah. things going on in Greenwood. So happy to have you on the show today, Danielle. Welcome. Good morning, friends. Well, Danielle, there's a lot happening in Greenwood this weekend. There is. I just saw um, a few bike racks on cars downtown, so we're getting excited. People are starting to get into town. Wow, Danielle, good to talk to you. Uh, tell us exactly what is Bikes, Blues, and Bayous uh, for the listeners that have never been there. Bikes, Blues, and Bayous is a bike ride through the Mississippi Delta. It's not a race. It's a ride. Um, we have four distances, 11 miles, 20 miles, 46 miles, and 62 miles um, through communities uh, in the Delta in our area. Well, and I think we should be clear. We're talking about road bicycles, not yes. uh, not Harley Davidsons, right. not um, you know Honda motocross. Correct. <laughs> Sixty two miles. You know what? Just <laughs> sign me up. I think I can knock that on out in the evening. Well, I always say, you know, it's a great event if you can get people to uh, ride 62 miles in the Mississippi Delta heat the first weekend of August. Yes. So you know it's something special. That is a testament. And this is actually Mississippi's largest bike ride. So you've been at it for 10 years. Tell us a little bit about how this project has evolved. Well, initially, the uh, a local cycling co- club called the Money Road Cycling Club started. Um, they decided they wanted to have a, a bike ride uh, similar to some other ones in Mississippi. So they said, let's do it. You know, they hoped they would get about 50 cyclists, and they ended up with 213 the first year. 
Um, in the over 10 years it has now grown, we expect, um, well, we know we're going to have over a 1,000 registra- registration just closed. So I'm not sure the final number, but I know we did break a 1,000 this year. Well, what's so innovative is that you guys have something set up in all the different communities around the bike rides. And, you know, the communities get involved, the restaurants, the uh, the people. Tell us about that and, and what communities are involved and what people can expect if they are participating. Absolutely. So there are um, four rest stops, and that is a huge part of, of why this ride has been so successful. Um, and the community really does get involved. Each rest stop is different. They all have different flair and different snacks and amenities. Uh, they usually have live music. Um, there's one in Money, Mississippi, is the first rest stop. Uh, the next one is Mentor City. Uh, there's one in Schlaughter, the Crump family, and then Itabina also has a rest stop. Um, and it is everything uh, the church in Minner City puts on uh, a big delta finery with uh, silver and flower arrangements and the whole nine yards. There's even a dill pickle juice fountain mm. in Schlaughter mm. for, uh, <laughs> to prevent cramping. Instead of a champagne fountain, we have a, a, a dill pickle juice fountain. I'm in. Got a little <laughs> dill pickle juice. <laughs> Well, I love that. I mean, you know, oftentimes we talk about rural tourism, um, but this is truly rural tourism. Uh, towns like Minner City and Slaughter are very small. So it's great that these riders that are coming from all over Mississippi and I imagine beyond are having this opportunity to interact and experience small town life. Yeah, absolutely. And we we always say that it's um, a, a flat, fast ride. So that's that's a big draw as well. Um, that, you know, you can, uh, there aren't any hills, so it's a pretty easy ride, but, a, but very enjoyable. Uh, the, the rest stops are so much fun, people don't want to leave, so. Well, and, and in addition to the rest stops, um, you also have a, a great after party. And I think a lot of people uh, will stay the night and, and spend time in Greenwood because you've just got a really great 10th anniversary celebration planned. Absolutely. Um, this is something new we're adding this year. We're going to be having a blues party at Tallahatchie Flats. Um, space is limited, so uh, they have already registered to attend the party. But uh, Jerry Fair Blues Band is going to be playing out there, and then Regina Levere with Veronica's is going to have some um, tour de world uh, appetizers mm. for pre-dinner. So it's sort of a pre-dinner party, pre-party, if you will. And then everybody can go around and enjoy all the wonderful restaurants in Greenwood since that's such a huge draw for visitors to, to eat Greenwood. That is a, uh, everybody always wants to eat at our fine restaurants. So we'll give them that opportunity as well. Now, Danielle, I'm interested. How do you let cyclists around the country know that this is going on? Are there like cyclist clubs that you can promote to or something like that? There are different clubs. Um, As a matter of fact, we have some clubs coming from West Texas in the Houston area this year. So it's pretty pretty widespread. About 38% of our cyclists are from out of state. Um, But there is a website, bikesbluesbayous.com is the website. It's also, uh, we also have a Facebook presence. It's um, Bike Blues Bayou Cycling Event on Facebook. So you can get more information there and how to register for next year. I'm sure um, the volunteers that put on the race, they get started uh, almost immediately. It takes about eight months to plan the race. 
Well, an incredible effort. And I have to comment, when you do go to the website to check out um, all of the details for this weekend's event, y'all have put together the cutest little commercial. And um, my cousin made a cameo. It was amazing. You know, watched the commercial this morning and there's my cousin. Uh, So just that's Mississippi. You know, that is Mississippi. I have to give a shout out to Richard Beatty, too. He is one of the the chief organizers and um, a great... uh, factor in why this event is such a success. Richard is a meticulous organizer. He actually did the video uh, and does just all the details in Minutia. Uh, Richard coordinates us. I say he's our boss and we just do what he tells us to. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, folks are going to come into downtown Greenwood to pick up their registration packets. I believe the race begins downtown and then you head out into uh, the country onto legendary Money Road, which is a great road for riding. Kamel and I have done some riding on Money Road together yes. uh, uh, not too long ago. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, a really beautiful, picturesque sort of Delta experience. Um, but people are going to be spending a lot of time in downtown downtown Greenwood. And uh, Danielle, before we get off the phone, I'd love for you to tell our listeners a little bit about Howard Street Howard and this project that has grown out of what was just a stray pup looking for a home. Mm. Well, Howard Street Howard was our downtown dog and all of us who work downtown sort of fell in love with him uh, over the course of a couple of months. So we we were able to um, find him a home. I, my husband and I actually adopted him. So, but our Main Street, our Main Street Greenwood program, headed up by Brantley Snipes, uh, saw an opportunity to to use uh, Howard as a way to promote downtown. You know, August is a slow retail month for for our downtown retailers. So, um, she is doing a campaign called Sit, Stay, Play, featuring Howard Street Howard. And uh, it's a great, great thing. You can go and register. If you make a purchase at any downtown business that's a Main Street member, you will be entered to win an overnight stay at the Alluvian Hotel and a spot for two at the Viking Cooking School. Wow, that's yeah, great. That's that nice. is great. Well, these these T-shirts for Howard Street Howard are adorable. Any dog lover in your life would, <laughs> would welcome this to their collection. And uh, you can follow that hashtag, Howard Street Howard, on Instagram and Facebook and just see how adorable this little fella is. So uh, encourage and all of our feline, not feline, canine friends to, <laughs> to check that out. Thank you. Thank you. And um Main Street will also be donating $1 from each T-shirt to the LaFleur County Humane Society to benefit homeless animals in the area. So it's a, a double great cause, and we're excited about that promotion. So be sure and, and buy something downtown and enter enter into the contest while you're down here. Well, Bikes, Blues, and Bayous is this weekend. Uh, the race is on Saturday. And if you're not racing, a great experience to go watch yeah. these bicyclists. I mean, really, uh, you know, when do you get to do that? So, uh encourage people to come down to Greenwood and and check it out. Danielle, thank you for um, being on the show this morning. We need to take a quick break. Um, But again, we want to hear about what's happening in your community. So give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. And uh, when we get back, we're going to talk to Linda White about the 48th Annual Watermelon Festival. This is Next Stop Mississippi here on MPB. We'll be right back.
Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller, joined in studio with by Kamel King. Uh, before the break, we were over in Greenwood, up in yeah. the Delta, learning about bikes, blues, and bayous, the, the state's largest bicycle ride. Yes. Now, Kamel, I don't know about you, but I am not a very brave person, mm-hmm. and uh, road biking scares me to death. So really? I'm going to give a real high five to all of these uh, these more than <laughs> 1,000 racers that are headed to Greenwood this weekend. Exactly. Uh, I, you know, I grew up in the country, so we rode our bikes on dirt and gravel roads, mm-hmm. which, um, you know, really strengthens your calf muscles, but yep. doesn't do a lot for you in terms of uh, how to deal with a passing, you know, truck yeah. or van. Uh, uh, but uh, that's beside the point. Uh, it's been a great show today thus far. We're, we're actually um, headed towards the Hill Country to learn about the 48th Annual Watermelon Festival in Water Valley. Uh, everybody loves Water Valley, but people especially love Water Valley during the Watermelon Festival. Uh, welcome, Linda White. Yes, thank you. I'm here. Well, we are so glad you're here to tell us a little bit about this weekend's big events. Sure. We're hoping everybody's next stop will be Water Valley in City Park. This is, as you said, our 48th annual Watermelon Fest, Watermelon Carnival, and it'll be going on today and tomorrow. It's a two-day event. Lots of things going on in the park right now, arts and crafts all day, both days, music, children's activities, and then some special things, too. Well, Linda, tell us about the start of the uh, Watermelon Festival, because it, uh, reading about it, it has a lot of history. The reason why it started and the reason why it kind of laid dormant for a little while. But but tell our listeners the history behind it. I'll be happy to. The actual carnival started back in 1931 following the Depression uh, as a way to boost morale in the town. And it, it lasted for about 10 years, a decade. Till about 1940, and then a little interruption called World War II stopped it for several decades. Mm. Back in 1980, um, there was a couple in Water Valley who decided that we needed to revive this watermelon carnival, and so we've been going strong ever since. And to add those first 10 years to all of these, we've got the 48th one this year. Well, that is wonderful. And now, uh, Linda, if you will, I, I've been to the Watermelon Festival, so if you will, can you paint a picture of what what turns what Water Valley turns into over this weekend? Well, for one thing, a little town of, well, let's see, about 3,500 in the city, but about 5,000 of us around, in, including the county, turns into twenty to 25,000 people. So that's a big difference. Wow. We love it. But uh, we start off actually on Thursday night. Last night we had a, a big uh, pre-show, a, a community show called the uh, uh, Music Fest and uh, had community band plays and local talent. But today... There are arts and crafts everywhere. Uh, the opening ceremonies will be this evening at 6. Live music actually starts at 4. And then tonight we have a street dance at 8 o'clock. And during intermission for the street dance, we have a big fireworks display at 9. So tonight wow. will be a really special time, too. Absolutely. Now, now how does a city like Water Valley, uh, you know, a town, prepare for 20,000 people? <laughs> it takes everybody. I'll tell you, we have some great city employees that help us with getting the city ready, looking good, 
picking up the garbage, just anything, cutting all the grass, making us look fine, and all the people in town have, have, have come out and done a little watermelon decorating. They have sales and specials going on, so it, it's a big event for the whole city. Now, Linda says a little watermelon decorating, but she's being very modest <laughs> oh, really? because the town <laughs> is covered in watermelons, and y'all, it is the cutest thing you've ever seen, and watermelons are really hip right now. If yeah. you notice that there's like a lot of clothes and <laughs> yeah, jewelry, yeah. It's, it's very fashionable, so right. I mean, that's Water Valley at you know, leading a trend once again. That's right. We, we can decorate ourselves as well. We actually have two decorating contests going on, one for the businesses and one for the, the residents, and the winners will be um, announced tomorrow at the gazebo. But Saturday, um, we start out early Saturday morning. We have a, a, a walk run, a 3K walk run starting at 730, and then we have a, a new event uh, in downtown. We have downtown events as well as city park events, and we have a trolley that travels between the two, air-conditioned, which is nice, mm. take you to the town and back. But the new event is a, a sidewalk chalk art activity for the whole family. And then at 11, we have those wonderful watermelon games. So if you like to eat watermelon, throw watermelon, or even spit a few seeds, you need to participate in that one. We also have the biggest watermelon contest uh, tomorrow. The winner is announced. And I'm told that we are on record for having the biggest watermelon in the state. And I, be- I don't have my notes with me, but I believe that's 239.5 pounds. So that's a big well, that's a uh, lot of watermelon. watermelon. Then we have oh free watermelon in the park tomorrow. I think that's about 1 o'clock. Those slices that are ice cold, really nice Ooh, on a hot day. Yes. And we also have a dog parade and pet costume contest tomorrow at 4. And uh, the announcement, a big barbecue contest, um, an MBN, Memphis Barbecue Network sanctioned barbecue contest going on this weekend. And that draws a lot of people and a lot of good food for us. And those winners will be announced tomorrow afternoon at 5.15, I believe. So. Well, There's something going on all the time. And I'm sure it's not lost on you guys. Yesterday was actually National Watermelon Day. So uh-huh, uh, that's true. The timing is, is really perfect. And I, I always ask this, uh, you know, every year when we talk about Watermelon Carnival or Watermelon Festival in, in Water Valley, my question is, you know, do you salt or do you not salt? Because that's really, you know, at the core of, of our watermelon experience. <laughs> do you put the salt on the watermelon or do you go, go natural? Oh, my God. That is so you know, inhuman really to put salt. My husband and I differ. He puts salt on his. I don't, unless it's not quite tasty enough, and then I put a little salt. But I really prefer it just on natural, I guess you say. Yeah. You're right. Like the good Lord made it. watermelon. You know, some people have never heard of that one. Wait, say that again. uh, I'm sorry. some that are yellow inside instead of red. Hmm, I've never seen that before. We had some guests here a couple of years ago who were fascinated by the yellow one, and he actually took some seeds home to Mobile, Alabama with him planted those, and had a yellow meated watermelon himself the next year. Oh, I love that. That's great. <laughs> oh, that was Michelle chiming in. We want to know if the yellow meated watermelon has a different flavor. Well, to me, it's just a little bit sweeter, but I, I mean, it's pretty much the same. It's just a different look. You know, when you look at it, some people go, oh, and others go, oh, that looks strange, <laughs> but they're very tasty. And my <laughs> husband always tries to get us uh, at least one or two of each. Well, yeah, you, you we eat with your eyes, as they both. say. Well, uh, downtown Water Valley has really um, blossomed in the last few years. It's just a, a beautiful, picturesque place and a wonderful community, always has been. So uh, for folks who do want to come out and explore downtown, uh, come out to the park and enjoy the festival, uh, tell us where we can learn more or get involved. Okay, the Chamber of Commerce here in Water Valley is actually the sponsor of the carnival, and their number is 662 473 one one two two 
course, now we're all pretty busy on today and tomorrow, and there might be people in and out of the office, but normally that's, that's where. We also have uh, a website and a Facebook page, and that's where you can um, get on there and, and, order, and uh, sign up for the barbecue contest and also for craft vendors. And uh, easy to find us on that Facebook page, Water Valley Area Chamber of Commerce. Well, the, that's uh, wonderful. WaterValleyChamber.info. Now, and if Kamel and I come up for the day, do we need tickets? Do, do you need to stop? Is it, is it a free festival or is it a paid event? No, everything is free. Oh, um, great. Uh, that's great. There's not, I don't even know anybody that charges for parking. I could be wrong about that, but I don't think so. We're just glad to have everybody come. Just park wherever you can. My husband's office is pretty close to the city park, and he allows people to park all over the front of his place of business, as, as do other people. And as I said, uh, you, you don't have to worry about missing the downtown activities because we also have a car show that's been going on for about 22 years that's downtown, and you can ride that air-conditioned trolley and get down there and get back to some other things in the park. So it's pretty easy. What a nice thing in the community. I mean, that sounds excellent. I, I'm going to attend this. It's fun. We, we would love for you to come. In fact, if you get here, we'd love to meet you, and you could come to the Chamber of Commerce booth in the center of the park. It's just located just south of the gazebo, and we're there selling T-shirts and carnival program, program booklets and, and directing people to wherever they need to go. I'm coming for the ice-cold, non-salted watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> one o'clock today. That's great. <laughs> make it by one o'clock. Well, we'll leave right no, after tomorrow. we get off the air. Sorry, it's Saturday. One o'clock Saturday. <laughs> and so uh, things are already in action today. They'll go uh, through the afternoon and, and through the evening. And, and tell us what time things get started in the morning on Saturday. Okay. In the morning, the park will be live and going by 8 o'clock. Of course, that walk-run uh, that's sponsored by the Mechanics Bank is downtown, and they start at 7.30. So you, the people that, And that's a free event. You don't even have to pay an entry fee to be in that walk-run and have to be there a little bit sooner to, to sign up, but it starts at 7.30. And uh, just most everything does not cost anything. The barbecue, there, has been, there are entry fees for the barbecue, but the, the prize money is fantastic, so it's, that's not a big deal either. Uh, people come from all over to participate in that. But basically, you just come, don't pay an entry fee, don't pay to park, just have a good time. All right. Well, thank you so much, Linda, for making time during what's a really busy morning in Water Valley to come on and tell us about uh, your 48th annual Watermelon Festival. So uh, thank you again for your time. It's been great having you in the studio. We do need to take another break. This will be our uh, last break of the day, and we want to hear about what's happening in your community. So give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. When we return, we've got a very special interview with musician Carrie Hudson. He's going to be here to tell us about some upcoming shows and about his songwriting. So stay tuned. This is Next Stop Mississippi here on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
celestial trail lies the land known as Fiddler's Green. There's a river of beer that Welcome back. This is Next Stop Mississippi on MPB Think Radio. I'm Mary Margaret Miller, joined here by Kamel King, and uh, we're welcoming you back. Welcoming you back to the show uh, with Fiddler's Green. That's a a tune by our next guest, Carrie Hudson, off of his album Town and Country. Nice. It's a good way to get your morning started mm-hmm. on a Friday. So, Camille uh, and I have started something new, and we're featuring a musician um, on every show. And so, it's really exciting to me to uh, welcome our next guest, um, Carrie Hudson. Uh, Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mary Margaret. My pleasure. Well, it's always good to hear your voice. I've been a fan of your music for quite some time. You've been at it for a while, 15 years almost as a solo artist. But, Carrie, tell our listeners a little bit about how you got your first start in in the world of of gigging and playing and writing. Well, after I had graduated from Millsouts in about 1986, um, I took some time off, and decide, you know, to think about what I wanted to do with my life next step. And I had decided I wanted to play music. Um, well, my first cousin, Chris Hudson, was at Ole Miss, and one of his dorm mates was John Spirit, and they had started a band called the High Tops. And when my cousin was ready to retire from the band, he knew I was looking to play music, and I took his place. Um, so I moved to Oxford and joined the High Tops with John Stewart, and he and I played together in different groups for about five years. Well, and for our That's listeners who who don't know, uh, John Stewart is is the basis for the the mega band Wilco. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of folks know that band, and um, and it's just really cool to hear that you know the, that what is an internationally known band has its roots here in Mississippi. And uh, and Carrie, your your songwriting is certainly rooted in Mississippi, but you spend a great deal of your time um, across the pond, as they say, uh, sharing that Mississippi story and that Mississippi sound all over the world. Yeah, I've been fortunate to travel a lot uh, playing music, especially all over the U.S. and Europe. And now I cross a smaller pond to New Orleans a lot. And I stay down there and uh, work there a lot. And it's great, you know. uh, Music has taken me so many places. And uh, good Lord willing, I'm not done yet. Uh, One of my big mentors was R.L. Burnside and watching him and guys like Junior Kimbrough keep playing music and touring into their 70s. It's a real inspiration. Now, Carrie, if you had to label your style of music or the genre uh, that you would fit in, if it fits into anything uh, that's out right now, what would it be? Man, that's tough. You know, it's a a mix of folk. uh, It's a mix of folk music and country blues at this point. used to be a lot more rock and roll, but I think a tag that works pretty good is Americana. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not really doing any um, Eastern European gypsy jazz, (laughs) pretty much every, or classical music, pretty much all of the sources that I draw through, draw from, or from Mississippi, you know, Jimmy Rogers to Robert Johnson. Now, when we get to talk to singer-songwriters like you, I always like to ask, what's your process? What's your process for writing? Do you write when you're inspired? Uh, Are there certain times of the day? Are there certain places you go? Uh, What do you do? You know, probably one of the biggest tools that I use is I always try to keep a notebook. And now that I'm getting a little bit older, too, it reminds me of stuff I need to do every day. 
But uh, <laughs> but I always keep a notebook, and if a friend of mine says something funny or poignant, I'll take note of it. Uh, the things that people say, the things that come out of people's mouth, are always the best. Well, uh, inspirations we're... usually. And then when it gets time to write the song. Uh, and I have chord progressions that I'm always playing. Guitar is fun. When it's time to write the song, it's a real job. And I sit down and take all of these notes and make something happen. That's the hard part. Well, and you are a prolific songwriter. I mean, you've got uh, more than six solo albums, I believe. And that, that doesn't include all of the great music you put out with uh, your band, Blue Mountain, uh, with Laurie Stewart and uh, just a great legendary uh, Mississippi band. But, uh, you know, it's it's no fun to just talk to musicians. Let's hear a yeah, little more Carrie Hudson music music. How about that? So we're going to uh, just take a, a minute to listen to another uh, Carrie Hudson piece. This one's entitled Mississippi Country Girl. studio i had to get up and uh you know do a shake it jig. out a little yeah. that's right that's right i've seen you dance before <laughs> <laughs> it's been known to happen uh, that was nice yeah, Carrie, thank you so much for sharing that. We uh, we uh, corresponded yesterday about a few songs to play, and uh, that has always been one of my favorites. So, uh, And it's one I've heard you play a lot. Is it about a particular woman, or is it about many women? That's a really tough question. Uh, let's just say both of those, and probably leave it at that. Certainly, <laughs> Yeah, don't get them in trouble now. <laughs> one particular girl inspired it, of course, you know. Um um, and the song, but you know, it, it could be about, 
it could also be about my daughter, for instance. Um, good example of that, remembering what people say, the second verse begins with, down by the riverside, hanky-panky. I picked up my daughter from school in New Orleans about 10 years ago. And I said, what'd you learn at school today, baby? She says, I learned to say, down by the riverside, hanky-panky, where the bullfrog jumps from bank to banky. A-E-I-O-U, bamboo. Johnny broke a bottle and he blamed it on Sue. Sue told Ma, so Ma told Pa, Johnny got a whooping on haw, haw, haw. <laughs> <laughs> so she gave me some of those lines. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Now, uh, Carrie, you are um, making your rounds. You, you, you know, are originally from the Piney Woods. You spent a lot of time in North Mississippi. As you mentioned before, you uh, kind of call some place in between New Orleans and Mississippi home these days. Does, does your landscape influence the kind of music you write or, or that you feel like playing? Well, sure. You know, there are places that are great for writing. I have a cabin out of the woods that's um, outside in South Mississippi. It's a great place to write. And there's some places that are conducive. But when it comes to the setting of the songs, um, you know, it took me a minute to learn, I, I think, a lesson that a lot of writers learn, which is you always are writing about home, whether mm-hmm. you're James Joyce or William Faulkner or... You know, Barry Hanna, or if you're a writer, you're writing about home. And when you try to write about something else, uh, you probably don't know what you're talking about. But if you just write about home and the people that you know, it will become universal if you do it right. And so that's I'm always I'm... writing about Mississippi, basically. And that's what's great about Mississippi Country Girl, because I know you've, you know, been so many places and met so many different people, but it makes you think of just the nostalgia and the uh, just all of the qualities that a Mississippi Country Girl has. And for all of the people who, you know, come through Mississippi and somehow get stuck here forever, it's usually a Mississippi Country Girl that hooked them. (laughs) Like the song says, that's how I got to Memphis. Right. There you go. That's right. Uh, Carrie, you've got, a, all, as always, a, a busy tour schedule, but you do have a few dates here in Mississippi. Can you tell our listeners where they can come out and hear you yes. play? Okay. Um, actually, tonight I'll be at the Boom Boom Room. In Hattiesburg. Um, in, in Hattiesburg with uh, wonderful Katrina Miller on fiddle. She was playing fiddle on Fiddler's Green, the first track. Uh, that's with Sugarcane Jane. And then tomorrow night, I'll be at the wonderful Howlin' Mouse from 7 to 10. Uh, next Monday, I'll be at Chicky Wawa in New Orleans with Katrina again. Thursday, August 10th, I'll be at Murky Waters in Hattiesburg with Katrina. Saturday, August 12th, up in Jackson at Bellhaven Bright Lights Fest. And that's and, right. Uh, um, we'll be talking more about Bright Light Spellhaven Nights next week. And, um, you know, glad to, uh, to know you're on uh, on that schedule. And if you yeah. want to um, figure out or see more about Carrie's uh, tour schedule, he's, there's a great website, CarrieHudson.com. That's C-A-R-Y, CarrieHudson.com. So you yeah. can go there, learn more, you know, any other uh, social media sites or uh, places you want to uh, push people to, Carrie? The Facebook page, you know, the Book of Faces is always, uh, that seems to be how we communicate these days. So I keep that updated. Great. And, uh, yeah. Well, Carrie, and we're going to... Um, more personal stuff, like, you know, pictures of 
our canoeing and things. Yeah, speaking of canoeing, right? Uh, as we wrap up the show today, we're going to um, end uh, end the show with your uh, song "Blue Canoe." So, Carrie Hudson, thank you for being on the program thank today. You, uh, it's been a wonderful pleasure. Could I just say one more thing, super quick? Please. Okay, Piney Woods Picnic, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, September 14, 15, 16. Great cause, great lineup. That's it. All right. Piney Woods Picnic. We'll learn more about that uh, in about a month. So we'll have you back on, Carrie. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, It's been a a wonderful day. Kamel, thank you for being in studio with us. I want to say a big thanks to um, our uh, engineer, Michelle McAdoo, and also uh, to our call screener, Patrick Price. Uh, For Kamel King, I'm Mary Margaret Miller. Uh, It's been a wonderful day here on Next Stop Mississippi. We encourage you to stay tuned for Southern Remedy for Women. And join us again next week for another road trip around the state. Hattiesburg's best trouble to me. I'd rather stay out of here or under the tree. There's a wind on the lake, the stars in the sky. This do you need to make you feel high. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.